You're listening to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with your host, me, Melissa Gonzalez. Today, I'm excited to share that we have Joris Krusa, CEO and founder of Hatch, on the line with us, dialing in from Amsterdam, where he was born and raised. Joris was drawn to innovation and new ideas from a young age. He earned his first degree in economics with a focus on commercial and retail sectors before returning to Amsterdam University of Applied Sciences to consolidate his skill set by studying engineering. While still at college, Joris launched his first e-commerce company in the year 2000. At the time, e-commerce was a new concept, a long way from becoming the disruptive industry we know today. But Joris recognized the limitless potential of online shopping and decided to pursue it. While running his e-commerce company, he was approached by brands that were unsure about how to position themselves with emerging e-commerce industry. Through his work with the industry, he saw the potential applications of the technologies that he's built today with Hatch, which we're going to learn more about, to try to meet the demand for the solution within the omnichannel space. Hatch began as a one-man show in 2011 before evolving to a team of more than 70 full-time employees. Now that he has implemented a strong management team, he focuses primarily on strategic direction, innovation, and product development. Yuris, thanks so much for being on with us today. Thank you, Melissa. It's a pleasure. Before we dive in deeper to our conversation, can you tell the audience a, a little bit of a, a high-level um, description, a little bit deeper than I got, um, of Hatch and the technology that you're providing? Yeah, sure. Maybe I should go a little bit back further into my uh, history because prior to starting Hatch, I uh, founded an e-commerce company where we're selling uh, mainly consumer electronics products and IT products um, quite successfully. And um, yeah, that was in the time when, when brands did not yet have a real only online strategy yet. So majority of their sales was driven by physical retailers, brick and mortar stores. Um, but since we were very quite successful, many of the brands would, would feature our um, online business on their site uh, in a dealer locator. So we would be listed with their address and name on, on the Philips site, for instance, or on the Sony website. So that would lead a lot of consumers to our uh, to our offers, actually, with people expecting to buy a product from our uh, inventory. We didn't carry any inventory. So this is when we, when we first asked the brands to please establish a link between their websites and our website. So people could simply transact online and then have the goods delivered to them. Um, which is, of course, the, the core principle of online uh, of e-commerce. So that was actually how the idea for uh, for Hedge was born. And uh, when I made, decided to make a switch from uh, from that online retailer to running the Hedge platform in uh, 2010. So you've really been in the trenches with, with retailers, um, and you know you've been in e-commerce since 2010. So it's a couple decades now yes, in Hatch for, for sure. a full decade. Uh, but 2020 probably accelerated anything more than you could have imagined. What were some of your biggest learnings working with brands and retailers in 2020 as we witnessed a massive shift to online shopping? Um, well, if you ask me personally, I think the biggest learnings came from uh, working from home with a four-year-old toddler and being lo- <laughs> and being locked up with my wife. Now that that uh, that gave that gave some some. Um, 
steep some some learnings but of course you are, you talk about uh, about online and retail i think um yeah what we've learned is that the agility of retailers and the pace at which they were able to adapt to the new normal whether it's uh, initially concerned coping with social distancing measures simple measures but but still um which happened occurred almost overnight but then more on the longer term they really managed to accelerate digital transformation processes which i think would otherwise have taken years uh in this case in a matter of uh, of months so i think it's um yeah it's it's, it's driven uh, innovation a lot for many retailers that um, that have digitally matured driven by the whole COVID. Uh, so that's really something that uh, surprised me and um, in a positive way uh, the past year. And we saw with Hatch, we drive many consumers uh, online through, through online retailers. And um, we've seen sometimes 20 times as much online business in certain segments uh, with retailers as the year prior. So that shift was really massive. And when you think of the work that you you did with your retailers, you know, what were some of the biggest hurdles that you saw that they needed to overcome? And how did you and your team work closely with them to overcome those hurdles? Um, I think there's there's um, generic hurdles in, in general, the uncertainty surrounding COVID, which measures are to be implemented, how long do they last, what's the impact, staff, um, will this last or will this be temporary? So that whole uncertainty was a big hurdle, I think, to uh, to overcome. In addition, um, coping with inventory levels, both in-store but also in, in the central warehouse and making sure that there's enough supply for the online demand, the logistics, the supply chain, which has been disturbed, so the whole logistics uh, has been a struggle. Um, and um, in general, to cope with the huge, huge surge in digital demand and load. And again, a, a lot of retailers, specifically brick and mortar stores, I think, manage the relationships with the brands um, very much about uh, shelf space, point of sale material. Uh, and almost overnight, that focus had to shift to digital. So you see that retailers establish relationships with the brands and now focus on online capabilities, digital capabilities, such as having the right product content on my site, um, having the, uh, you know, developing the e-commerce capabilities, uh, social commerce, digital marketing, all kind of skills that they um, had to shift their focus to where they were very much point of sale focused in the past um yeah it requires a different skill set and um, you face different competition as well i think that that in general is, is, a, is a hurdle for many retailers but again I'm, I'm positively surprised by the um pace at which many retailers have actually been able to uh, transform themselves so can you tell us a little bit more about the where to buy technology uh Tell us a little about what exactly it is, how you onboard one of your retailers, H how does it work with the consumer? Yeah, like I mentioned in the beginning, uh, prior company, I run an e-commerce business myself, and uh, we, we receive many referrals from brands who, who uh, like created dealer locators on their site or put their, our logos on their website. 
So what we develop now is a, is a global solution that um, that connects brands and retailers. So brands or already have a catalog on their website, and many consumers go to the brand website to decide upon the next purchase. If you want to buy a new television, you might end up on the Samsung website to check the different models available. Uh, and then you want to make a purchase at, at perhaps a local store where you can first see those retailers or at one of the online retailers selling those products. And what we've done at Hatch, we built a global retail network that basically has all the uh, retailers for any product worldwide indexed. So we know with Best Buy, with Amazon, or with uh, Carrefour, Fnac Darty, what they are selling. And we've got the link to the product page where you can add this product to the cart. So whenever someone is looking at a Samsung television in France or in Turkey or in uh, any country, we will list the, lo- the retailers selling that product with a direct link to the cart or with a map that shows the nearby stores selling this product to the consumer. So we drive, we have search integrations with the retailers. Uh, about the store location data, but also their inventory data for online. And we drive the consumer from the brand directly to the cart or to the um, to the local store where this product is sold. And more and more, we're, we're also applying that to uh, social. So you can, for instance, um, run a Facebook uh, catalog as a brand and then from there drive people to uh, to retailers or for, we're now looking into uh, TikTok where you have sponsored sponsored products, which you can then also buy in your proximity or online. So um, those commerce tools we've developed um, yeah, help consumers actually buy their product of desire, however and wherever they want to. It's incredible. So it, it allows for this one-click shop from the brand's website and can direct buyers to a wide selection of outlets carrying the product, and, and you're now operating in more than 80 countries, um, really being able to work almost any product in any market, providing live data uh, on product availability across numerous channels. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, as you are tracking this, um, one of the things that we talk about all the time in brick and mortar retail, which has been, you know, kind of the, the one, one area that's been a pain point is, is, is capturing attribution, right? To, to, the physical store channel. Um, and if you're showing availability across social media and the brand's website and physical stores and other marketplaces, you know, what can you say about attribution um, and what you're learning from that? We essentially deliver omni-channel commerce tools because through Hatch you can buy in-store, online at the retailer, or perhaps sometimes directly with the brand. So all the different purchase options are catered for. And because we track it, we kind of get a holistic view on the customer buying journey. And you can actually see, for instance, the, the, the attribution that having a local um, store somewhere has. So having local presence somewhere will actually help uh, online sales in that area as well. So in that sense, uh, having a local store contributes or attributes to the online sales and there's a, there's a sort of uh, complementary incremental effect uh, for having that those right and for blurring the lines as well between online and, uh, and uh, physical. In your mind, how do you see a successful connection to online, offline shopping in, in 2021? I think that the biggest um, 
competitive advantage for, for brick and mortar stores is their uh, proximity and uh, being close to the consumer. And there's a lot of reasons for why consumers will want to buy it at, at the local store, which are not going to go away overnight. People want to see, touch and feel the product and they want to be able to go somewhere for aftercare or support. And they've got, uh, they want advice from a local sales uh, person in the store. There's a lot of reasons what that keep consumers wedded to the local store. And, and but I think retailers should leverage their local, uh, their proximity and by, by exposing their nearby inventory, product inventory online and not just on their own website because then consumers still need to find um, that a retailer has that specific product on stock. And so they first have to go to that retailer to find out because they're often simply not aware that that Samsung television again is sold by that specific retailer nearby. So they should bring their store inventory to any digital touch point, including social commerce, TikTok campaigns, brand websites, etc. I think that's that's what Hedge technology helps them to do that and to, to basically um, um, expose and publish their their biggest asset and anywhere possible online. And even Amazon can't compete with that because they've invested billions uh, of dollars in in uh, their prime delivery capabilities. And now they can they can do a two hour delivery window in select select cities for select products uh, in select countries. But local retailers can basically uh, have their uh, yeah consumers have access to to products within 30 minutes when it comes to local uh, local retailers combined but if, if if local retailers find a way to expose that advantage online that's uh, that's a competitive advantage compared to uh, to uh, Amazon and that's also the reason why those big retailers are also developing more and more call it flagship stores or um, local store experiences because uh, they supplement each other very well. So the way I see it evolve is that uh, retailers will uh, mature in that way and, um, and and Hatch will also help making that seamless connection between uh, offline and online by helping retailers expose that, uh, that uh, proximity advantage. What does the growth of e-commerce mean to the in-store shopping experience in your mind? Um, yeah, like I said, I think they're complementary to each other. And I think there's a group that will always continue to buy in-store, although a lot of new groups are first-time online buyers driven by the pandemic recently. But I think that, that um, local stores will continue to play an important role. Um, and um, um, growth in e-commerce, uh, whether it's click and collect, buy online, pick up in-store, um, or whether it's ordering online, knowing that there is a store nearby and just giving you some confidence in making the online purchase, um, or whether it's being in store and checking online uh, options for having it delivered. I think they just be become more and more seamless and um, supplementary to each other, complementary. And that good... Uh, 
thriving retailers will have a good strategy that involves both an online and an offline uh, component in the strategy. And and I know I said earlier I, t- I touched upon attribution a little bit, but how how does your platform help retailers think differently about four wall profitability? Well, I think four wall profitability is a bit. Um, um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't mess. <laughs> archaic. Yeah, <laughs> you archaic. Could say it. <laughs> um, or it's um, it's looking at uh, the profitability of a store just by adding all the, the direct costs of such a store and then all the direct measurable profit of that store. But it's a bit harder to take into account, for instance, what kind of an upside you have with your online sales because you have a store in its proximity. So those factors are not weighed in, perhaps, when when uh, calculating profitability of a store like that. So it's a bit, how do you call it, narrow-minded, um, restricted way of looking at pro- store profitability. And uh, I think um, indirect benefits should be weighed in more. So I think maybe it's a bit old-fashioned way of calculating store profitability, if you ask me. And what are your thoughts on the shift we've seen uh, from globalization, right? Pre-pandemic, it was all about this booming global economy, um, and especially with, with social media and, you know, d- generations um, connecting across the globe. But because of lockdowns, you've seen this shift to buy local or regionalized, and it's, it's shaping new behavior. So what are your thoughts on the shift that we've seen from globalization to, to buying local? Um. Yeah, I think there's an appeal for people to buy locally and to support your local community. Uh, so in that sense, you see see a bit of a surge in, in local demand. And of course, your travel is also a bit restricted. Uh, so in that sense, I think maybe that boosts a bit of the local uh, sales. I see a lot of globalization as well, where uh, yeah, more and more retailers offer cross-border um, commerce uh, the uh, capabilities, so I can order from Amazon US while being in the Netherlands, and, uh, and more and more retailers um, go across borders. And um, I think there's a lot of consolidation as well, where where fewer retailers take a bigger piece of the market share, and they've got the marketplaces, of course, um, and 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 all those platforms that make it really convenient to buy a product from the convenience of your uh, of your chair or at home um, yeah so I think there's two, two trends perhaps going on um, but I think yeah like I said buying local will remain important so just the good um, fit between the two and the seamless um, experience that will succeed on the long run. Well, you have uh, numerous impressive clients on, on your website, um, but for the audience today, is there one key um, customer case study that you can share? Um, what was the challenge and how did you and your team at Hatch help overcome that challenge? Yeah, I could uh, name a few. Uh, we've also got a, quite a few uh, case studies on our website in any case. But um, yeah, one case I'm, I was involved with myself was with Mila. I don't know if you know uh, Mila as a brand, but that's the uh, large domestic appliance brand making washing machines and kitchen appliances and stuff. 
And um, yeah, what we've done with them was a campaign for for uh, washing machines, where where they um, initially just focused on online uh, sales and online conversion, and then later we also added the option to to uh, to be referred to a nearby store where they sold those products. And um, yeah, we can now really attribute also the store referrals to this campaign. So it's not just the online sales that count, but also the amount of uh, store referrals that this campaign has, has generated. And what we saw with this kind of products, which are a bit higher in price or a bit more research heavy, perhaps, where you want to be advised on, on before you buy one, is that there was a um, yeah the, the ratio between online and offline uh shifted much more to offline so a lot of people um sort of, uh, yeah, prefer to go to local stores for making these purchases if compared to other uh campaigns or types of products that we run so that was an interesting uh learning and a very successful campaign for uh, for mila as well so we've talked a lot about learnings over the past year and how we're seeing the year ahead. But what is what's your outlook five years from now? Where where do you see the online offline shopping direction going? Um, I think consolidation will continue. I think um, the buying behavior will be drastically changed. I think um, voice commerce and social commerce will will take an important. Uh, uh, role in the buying journey and perhaps many buying journeys will be socially or voice driven and not necessarily starting at a specific retail website so you either start perhaps your journey at a, at a search engine or a marketplace or on, on social platforms where you see a nice product on uh, pinterest or in facebook uh, uh, or in uh, um, so i think that um, the buying journey will be very uh, fluid and don't, doesn't follow like the predefined sequences necessarily. And I think we'll less and less start necessarily at the retailer, but more at these marketplaces and platforms. Uh, and from there, people will make purchase decisions and, and retailers will be more of the logistics uh, fulfillment um, uh, partners where stores could have more of a local warehouse function to supply uh, the last mile to cover the last mile delivery and where um, central warehouses of course for their online uh, sales and that uh, stores perhaps also perform more of an, um, an uh, flagship store kind of experience function to support online sales and perhaps for aftercare I think that's a bit of the direction um, and I think the retailers that that uh, embrace these kind of developments well by exposing themselves on social platforms, by fulfilling the, this logistical function, by uh, yeah, uh, anticipating to the to the changing consumer needs and uh, evolving the stores as well with that change. I think those retailers will uh, will succeed, and um, yeah, there's there's also going to be retailers that that will disappear from. Uh, from the high streets, but um, I think that's what, what what that's what will happen. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. I I think fluidity is 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 a key a key way to describe uh, the direction of commerce going forward. 
whether it's voice or social or physical, um, there, there isn't going to be, you know, consumers already. We don't think in channels. We just think about the moment we're in and what we need and how we're going to get it. And I agree that the, the retailers who have closed, um, it's not because consumers don't shop. We consume. That's why we're called consumers, but, uh, it's about those that have uh, great experience and, and of course, great product as well. Well, thank you so much, Juris, for sharing your insights today. Really appreciate you taking the time and dialing in from Amsterdam. Um, everybody, once again, this was Juris Krusa, CEO and founder of Hatch. Um, really committed to bringing innovation and new ideas to the industry. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you, uh, Melissa. It was my first pod- podcast, so uh, I hope it was uh, insightful for the uh, listener and I enjoyed doing it in any case.